Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And now it's time for the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show with SCORE morning show co-host Molly from the Molly and Haw Show, Bears long-snapping Ironman Patrick Manley, and legendary Bears center Olin Krutz on Sports Radio 670 The SCORE and Odyssey Station. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet River Sportsbook app today. Oh, yes, indeed. It's the pregame show. We've got Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley. And, guys, it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas in Seattle. Apparently, snow falling and uh, predictions of up to three inches of snow while the game is ongoing. Maybe they run the football. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> Yeah, happy holidays, guys. Uh, good to be back all together. But uh, I don't even know what the heck we're going to be watching today. With Nick Foles in there as starting quarterback, unfortunately, we don't get to, you know, evaluate Justin Fields. The one I'm bummed about, too, is Akeem Hicks not being in there. How fun wow. was he to watch last week? And he put Mason Cole on IR for the Minnesota Vikings. I was looking forward <laughs> to see what he would do today. But I just, it's, I don't know what we're going to watch. I know we got a lot of stuff to talk about with coaches and stuff like that, but I just want to be entertained, and unfortunately, we don't get to watch Larry Borum, it looks like. Jermaine Effetti's going to be out there. So so what the heck are we going to study and watch and, and, and learn about these Bears for the future? Try to save some storylines for the three hours, Pat. We'd appreciate that. But, <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, what we got here, Molly, a rookie, a radio rookie here? I mean, what we're going to talk about, Pat, at 3 o'clock? Um, That's I'm, it. I'm ready to go. I'm <laughs> off. See you guys. <laughs> um, so when I was at University of Washington, quick story, and it snowed one day, and obviously in Seattle they're not, you know, they're not always ready for that. So Jim Lambright, the head coach there, decided that running us around the field to pack down the snow was the way to go. So um, I'm like, this is 1996, man. This is in 1975, so we had to run around the field to pack down the snow before we did nine on seven for Jim Lambright. But uh, as far as today goes, I mean, I don't even think there was snow can force uh, Coach Nagy and Bill Lazor to run the ball. So we'll find out uh, what happens there. Um, you know, Manley went through all the storylines, so we'll touch on them. You know, I, I, you know, foes, I really don't care what he does today. I right. hope the Bears look good. Um, and, and, you know, I'm sure we'll go through it more, Mully, but the Borum decision, I, there's just really no, no reason for that. I, I got to tell you, I think that's the most mind-boggling one because – I, I don't understand what Jermaine Effetti has earned. I don't understand why he is held in the esteem he is. I know that uh, Juan Castillo said he was going to make the Pro Bowl at one point in the offseason, and everyone just kind of threw their hands up and, and failed to understand where he got that from. But <laughs> the guy is out for – was it 10 weeks he missed with uh, – with injury, mm-hmm. he, he left in week five and came back in week 15, so I guess it's nine weeks. Um, look, it, it it's – I thought we had decided when we talked about Tevin Jenkins that it's all about the future and it's all about how things are moving forward. I, and, I, frankly, I think Borum 
has looked better than Jenkins has. So why are they saving him in case there's an injury or there's too many penalties at left tackle? I, it just doesn't make sense. It, it makes zero sense to me. Yeah, and, and he also – now he missed most of camp too, right? A Fetty missed most of camp yep. uh, with an injury. So he's yep. been in and out of that lineup for a while now. Uh, talked a lot about, you know, what what would – Pat, what would allow someone to shove you on the football field and scream mm. on at you? And we talked about leadership is earned, right? So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is he helping Tevin Jenkins develop? Do they have a relationship that we don't know about? So uh, that's the only way that you would say a Fetty would shove him on the field instead of just talk to him on the sideline. You know, once a fight breaks out, you got to choose a side, and usually you're on your offensive lineman side. And when there's a fight going on, you don't want to be shoving him with the other team. So that looks weird to me as a former offensive lineman. As Pat knows, uh, if a fight broke out when we were at the offensive line at Hallis Hall, if you weren't in the fight on the offensive line side, where well, you were in deep trouble uh, later on when we saw you. So as far as I, I can't even think of why a Fetty would be playing over Borum. I've been thinking about this, but it goes back to, I think, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, right? We talked about if you are a leader up there at Hallisar, and by that I mean you're above Ryan Pace, you're above Matt Nagy, you're Ted Phillips, you're George McCaskey. If people are on their way out of the building, you better be paying attention to the decisions they're making and the way they're developing these football players. And we talked about you should be around a lot more often than you usually would be, Pat. Yeah, 100% agree. And I want to know who's making this decision. I, I guess ultimately it's Matt Nagy's decision. He's the head coach. But is this a Juan Castillo decision? Is he going into the the personnel meetings with the staff and saying, no, he needs to start today. I just don't understand why and how he is. And this, to me, is a situation where, you know, you talk about coaches being fired early in the season. This is where you're hurting the development of the Chicago Bears in the future. I just I just completely disagree with this. And this is about the future. But it's a, it's a weird dynamic because if you are firing Matt Nagy and potentially you're firing Ryan Pace, who makes the decision to fire him and you know all that kind of then who's in charge and I, I don't understand what's going to go on but it should just be that building understands we are trying to do what's best for the future and this is not what's best for the future and then Olin can we go to story time real quick about <laughs> you were talking about the old line <laughs> Molly you got to hear this one so it was John Tate was a left tackle coming off a you know, was practicing <laughs> with a sprained one. ankle and who was the who was the DN that was going after him just a little too know. hard it was late in the season mm-hmm. there was no need to to keep pushing him and shoving him. And the next thing you know, Tater's going after the guy, and then all you see, I can't remember if you guys were in the white or blue jerseys, but you're talking 10-0 linemen are right on top of this guy, just, just pummeled him, and those are our own teammates. But that's what you're talking about, Olin. You take care of your own. And it was just a, I mean, the whole D-line was like, wait, what? Well, I'm not jumping on that thing. Wait a minute, I'll just try to pull guys off the pile while they're all crushing whoever that guy was. But that's the way it should be. That's the way O-linemen should work together. That's the way a whole team should work together. But uh, to go back about that Effetti thing, when I saw that, I was, I was disgusted. I'm like, you just don't do that to your teammate. And especially in the middle of a game and, and just make it look that way. It's Maybe you talk to him if you have something to say, but don't push him and throw your hands up and all that kind of stuff. But, oh, that was a good time, that fight, Olin. Yeah, and, and that's what, what we're saying, though. Like, it's hard to understand the dynamics if you're not in the building, right, Pat? And um, mm-hmm. leadership is earned. You know, we, we always say that because it is. It's earned with what how you've helped. Tevin Jenkins develop it, and I want to give Fetty the benefit of the doubt that him and Jenkins have that kind of relationship. Even then, I think Fetty is wrong, even though you can argue Jenkins was wrong to get that personal foul. I enjoyed him standing up for his quarterback. Obviously, yeah. uh, worst-kept yeah. secret in Chicago that I would enjoy someone <laughs> standing up for the quarterback. But um, when you talk about Borum starting today, and we all saw that, and Pat used the perfect word. He was disgusted by it. And immediately you're trying to think, okay, you know, is he not healthy? You know, it, it, does he have um, some residual effects from COVID? Does he have another injury right. we don't know about? These are questions that someone has to ask, ask Coach Nagy because if it is a Juan Castillo decision, he should not have that much power in that building. And you need to develop these young football players and to send this guy back to the bench for a guy on a one-year contract, a guy who probably will not be here next year. Uh, you're on, you know, Alex Bars played a little bit at right tackle when Chavis Simmons didn't play well. Elijah Wilkinson, Afedi, Borum. You're talking about five or six different right tackles. The fact that you're going to put an older guy out there against a team now that got rid of him obviously understands what his weaknesses are, knows how to attack Jermaine Afedi on that turf with crowd noise. None of it, even when you talk about 
um, scheme-wise, you know, strategy-wise. None of it makes sense to me. Well, I'm not sure if you recall, but I believe Juan Castillo has been called like one of the best developers of young talent in the entire league. That's from the general manager. I, you know, like, like, I, I don't want to go. <laughs> I understand he said that, and you, and you don't want to go after after Juan and and the things Ryan Pace has said and done. You know, Ryan Pace. Okay, I've got to fix the offensive line. Okay, awesome, man. Fire Harry Heastan, who everybody else in the nation wants. Mm-hmm. But great, that's that, good. Good idea there. Juan Castillo is was an analyst at University of Michigan. Uh, obviously, that means that nobody wants you as their offensive line coach, right? So a lot of these things didn't make sense. Not fixing the offensive line, not fixing the offense will probably be the number one reason these guys get fired. So we can beat that dead horse if we have to. We can prove that wrong. We've proved that wrong with Coach Nagy, his press conference from when Coach, uh, from when Ryan Pace said in the end of the 2019 season, they asked him about all the problems. He said, oh, Mitch is developing. Mitch is fine. Uh, the wide receivers are fine. The tight ends are coming along. The offensive line uh, struggled this year, and that was real. That's what they identified. That's what they never fixed. That's why they're on their way out the door. But the fact that you're doing this now, Larry Borum has played well, I thought. He's played good enough to earn that job back, especially because he's a rookie, especially because you're in a development mode. You're trying to, like Pat said, right. he's disgusted because you're trying to make them better. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, the reality of all that's happening right now is that there is now the, – the Bears, of course, have never fired a coach in season. We all know that. I think George Hallis was the coach for many years. It's rare you fire yourself. But nonetheless, the Bears have this tradition of not firing the coach in season. But the NFL has changed course a little bit, and they've made it uh, – they've made assistant coaches heading to playoff games available for the last two games of the season. The last two weeks of the season, you can interview potential head coaches – And that, to me, is incentive to fire a coach. I don't know if it's a great idea um, or not, and they're going to look at it at the end of the year. But if you have a coach, you can't interview him. If you don't have a coach, let's say it's Josh McDaniels, one of the names rumored. I don't understand why, but I don't know why he'd want to come here. I don't know why you'd want to talk to him and then have him pull out at the last second like he did with Indy. But let's say you want to interview him. You can do that in the final two weeks of the season, but you have to get rid of your coach. So the thinking has been all along that they were going to get rid of Matt Nagy around Thanksgiving, and they opted not to, and now they'll get rid of him before the final two games of the year. So whether we want to accept it or whether you feel bad for the whatever the issue is, the fact is there's incentive to fire Matt Nagy after this game if you want to interview uh, potential replacements. Again, who's doing the interviewing you don't seem to have – if you're changing everything, who's your big football guy? There's a lot of issues that come up with that question. But I would say that it is as likely that he is fired as not. And we have felt that way for some weeks now, but this time there's incentive. Yeah, I, I, I think it should have been done a while ago. You know, it just you need to take advantage of this two-week window. You need to take – but the other thing is you mentioned it – Who's doing the interviewing? That's the big question. Do they are, are they already hired a, a firm to help them right now to, to to figure all this stuff out? I don't know, but that I think that's the biggest question. But I think you have to do it for the Chicago Bears. You have to fire them and do as much as you can to try to find the right coach. And with this new rule, this has to be done. Um, you know, maybe Matt Nagy actually wants to be fired and get out of this building for everything that's going on right now. But I definitely think it has to be done. Yeah, there's no doubt, right? Because that is the new rule now in the NFL. Yep. I mean, that's why they, you know they're the number one show in town. Uh, you know, the ratings are through the roof. They're smart. They, they they keep the conversation going, and they put this new rule in that people can fire their coach and hire guys at the end at the end of the season because now uh, no teams are out of it. Everybody's paying attention to what the hell their team is doing, even if you're out of the playoffs. But uh, there's no way you you you're at a competitive disadvantage if you don't. You know, you have to, if you're moving on from your coach because of the rule, you have to start either let him know. I think, is that right, Molly? You can just let him know that yeah. he's going to be fired. I mean, yeah. you have to at least let him know so you can start the process of replacing him because someone may take the guy that you want. 
and you have to get out there and, and try to find your football guy, your head coach, whoever's going to be de- de- developing Justin Fields, and try to get your franchise moving in the right direction. But we really don't know. We haven't heard from these guys. So we don't know because, guys, after last year, do you really think – I don't. I can't guarantee that they think they're moving in the wrong direction, to be honest. Right. Right, I'm with you, Olin. That's that's the problem to me is who's making the decision? Are they going to make the right decision? And and how are they going to do this? And I just mm-hmm. I, I don't trust the Bears over all the years they've been with the leadership that's been up there for for the last you know couple decades. I just don't trust their decisions of you know 2014, 2017, and now 2021 again that they got to go through a whole you know change of change of guard, finding new people, finding new leadership, and they and they've done a bad job of that the, uh, the three or four previous times. Yeah, and, and if you think about the four horsemen, right, we know who the decision makers yes. are. Uh, yep. George McCaskey, Ted Phillips, Scott Hagel, Ryan Pace. But, you know, just like in wrestling, uh, on the main event, uh, those three guys, uh, Hagel, McCaskey, and Ted Phillips may clothesline Ryan Pace out of nowhere because they got to find <laughs> someone different. But like you said, they have to listen. They're going to turn yeah, on him. They're going to turn on him. <laughs> Ryan Pace is turning heel, and he's starting yep. a Fetty. You see what I'm saying? So the storyline is huge now. But um, that, that what you're saying, Pat, is 100% correct because here's the thing. If the same people are making the decisions, we're going to be right back here four years from now having the same exact conversation. Well, I mean, listen, the group that gave you Mark Tressman over then coach of the year, Bruce Arians, is going to make another call. I, mm-hmm. I think that's, that is chilling mm-hmm. to any Bears fan. And, you know, the idea that the, and we've heard it written in different places and seen it mentioned all over, the idea that the Bears are oh, they're mixing it up, they're going to change the leadership. How then do you hire a coach without right. having your football guy who's making the call on the GM, who makes the call on the coach? How, how do you put the, the, uh, the, the ass behind the cart, if you will? <laughs> I, I don't know. You just don't know. That, that's that's the, the biggest question. Have they already been doing legwork before this of, of trying to figure out what their restructure is going to look like, who it's going to be? Have they talked to anybody, you know, that uh, we don't know about yet? I'm kind of hoping they've done that and they already have the vision of what they want out there. And hopefully they've talked to people that aren't coaches yet, that are other people that could help them set the structure for Hallis Hall and find the right person to be this decision maker and maybe lean on them right now without hiring them and then say, all right, we're going to lean on you now, but we're going to make it official when we can, but we need as much help from you as we can get because we need the help. Yeah, well, and, and there's a few questions you'd have to ask George McCaskey, right? What, are your, what is your philosophy, right? What is your philosophy in your building? What kind of football team do you want? Because that should guide every decision you make. But if you look at the last three coaches they've hired because they've jumped all over the place, they don't know what they want, and they don't know who they are, and that's why they're stuck chasing their tail for all these years. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick time out, and we're going to come back, and we'll uh, and we'll figure this thing out somehow. We will we will have a uh, a cogent idea of what's going to happen today and what's going to happen in the future, and we will express that to all. It is the pregame show. The great Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley. It is presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know, we got a smart D-line. They're, uh, they're good players. You know, they know they can come to me. Uh, Bruce also played over there. Jimmy played over there for a long time with him. Uh, but we know, you know, the good thing, you know, uh, I think a lot of what they see uh, with, our, with our guy, you know, is, is like Russ. You know, they're playmakers. They have crazy arms. They can make all the passes. And they, they, they're just a, they're a dynamic threat at quarterback. And it's the pregame show. We've got Olin Cruz and Patrick Manley presented by Bet Rivers, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. And that is the voice of Jermaine Effetti. He, of course, is going to start at right tackle against the team that took him with a first-round pick. Maybe maybe that's the idea. I don't know what the idea is. But we are delighted to uh, to welcome in uh, our, uh, our, our expert from Seattle. It's Michael Sean Dugar. He's with The Athletic, and he joins us on the score hotline presented by Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Michael, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're holding on. Uh, I guess it's snowing there. Is that right? It's supposed to get a couple, three inches of snow today? Uh, not supposed to. It it has. Once we get <laughs> off the phone here, I'm going to make quite the trek to uh, Lumen Field. So wish me luck. <laughs> so what's uh, what's the situation? Every You know, COVID's going on now in, in the NFL. Everybody's talking about that. Just kind of give me the breakdown of Seattle with injuries, you know, guys out for COVID and what that does to them today? Uh, yeah, they don't have uh, starting right cornerback DJ Reed. Um, they don't have his backup, uh, Bless Austin. Um, so now they're down to their, I guess this would be like a fourth string corner and John Reed, a guy they picked up from the Texans, like a conditional seventh round pick in like August, who has never started a game for these guys. So that'll be an adventure uh, over at cornerback. Uh, they got back one of their defensive linemen, Kerry Hyder. Uh, that's a guy that they'll they'll need. You know, he's not like a superstar or anything, but it's just nice to have depth there. Last week against Los Angeles, they were starting um, a couple guys, and Robert Kandiche and L.J. Collier. Uh, they probably don't like starting both of those guys. They'd probably rather just have Kerry, so that'll be nice to have back. They're still missing their starting right tackle, uh, Brandon Shell. They got back their third down back, Travis Homer. They got back Tyler Lockett, who I probably should have led this answer with, uh, since he's probably their best <laughs> offensive player. That's that's not Russ this year. Um, so missing a few key guys, um, specifically DJ Reed on defense, but getting Tyler Lockett back is, is huge for the offense. You know, Michael, when I when I turn the film on, I obviously immediately want to watch uh, Bobby Wagner, but two guys who jumped out at me immediately at the level they were playing at. Uh, was Al Woods and Puna Ford. Uh, tell us a little bit about these two guys and what the Chicago Bears' interior three are facing today because I, I turned the film off and I was impressed by the level they were playing at. Yeah, man, Al was having, I mean, a, probably a borderline Pro Bowl season. He he probably needs some sack numbers to, to keep up with some of the other defensive tackles uh, because he's like a true nose. And as you know, watching the film, that's like you're not going to get a ton of stats at the true nose spot. You're just going to be taking on – 600 pounds of double teams pretty much every other snap, keeping your uh, linebacker's jersey clean. But, I mean, it's Al. The reason that Al's playing so well, I think that shows you how uh, why Bobby Wagner leads the league in tackles, right? And it's not by accident. It's because Al takes on those double teams so the guards can't climb to the second level and get to Bobby, and then Bobby's dropping guys in the backfield. And then on top of that, though, Al's just been one of the best run defenders you know, in the league. You know, he's like, uh, depending on how you feel about – some advanced stuff. I mean, he's pro football focuses like top three run defenders and defensive tackles um, uh, by ESPN's pass or run stop win rate. I think Al's like fifth, maybe fourth um, after last week. Like Al's been just a beast, man. 
and he's like 34 years old, 330-something pounds, man. I mean, he's just versatile, too. I think uh, just against the Niners, he played like five technique defensive ends. That's crazy considering how big that dude is, man. And, and it shut down uh, Elijah Mitchell in the Niners' run game, man. Like, uh, Al Woods has been one of their three best players along with Quandre Diggs and Bobby Wagner, two pro bowlers. Yeah. He's the kind of guy you should lay up at night and stare at the ceiling before games. Like, damn, what the hell am I going to do with Al Woods tomorrow? Tell my guard, you better stay close now. Don't be running away too fast. Don't worry about Bobby Wagner. Oh, man. So, so um, Michael, help us out. I, I'm sure there's nobody in Seattle playing a woulda, coulda, shoulda game about Russell Wilson remaining there, but – in Chicago, there was all this talk about him actually uh, being traded to the Bears, and um, and we know that um, that during the Trey Lance workout day, um, Ryan Pace and John Schneider went to Fargo, North Dakota, for lunch, and supposedly there was an offer made of three first-round picks and a couple of starters and a third round, whatever it was. Um, ha- has that been verified? Does anyone care? And I I read a story this week then maybe he winds up in New Orleans. So is he still looking to get out, or does this all come down to the coach at 69? You know, wasn't going wasn't gonna to approve a trade of the quarterback last year, but maybe he's done now too. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's – a lot to cover there. Um, <laughs> I, would, I don't think anyone has verified that the Bear, what the Bears offered is that – I think someone has verified that they offered, not me. Um, I do know that A-team had A-trade ready to roll i cannot confirm it's the bears but that would make that would make sense if it was i don't think Pete carroll like you said was interested in trading his quarterback because he just knows how valuable um a good starting quarterback is to an organization as they learned when they did not have uh their starting quarterback for a few games and as they learned when their starting quarterback comes back too early and does not perform like a starting quarterback you just see all of the reasons why quarterback is the most important position in you know in football and perhaps all of American team sports. I mean, last year, as, as it goes to Russell and his, his desire to get out, I mean, he was frustrated about the offensive line. He was frustrated about losing. Um, he was frustrated about, you know, some of the supporting cast around him. And nothing really changed, if you look at it. I mean, they, tra- they changed one offensive lineman, um, Gabe Jackson. They swapped him in as Mike Ayupati retired. And Gabe's been one of their best linemen. So um, there's that. But, I mean, unless Russell Wilson thought Mike Ayupati was, like, the worst guard ever, I don't think that that basically made him super happy. And then you look at the draft. They only had three picks. They used one of them on a receiver. That's great. He got concussed in the first game and then hasn't really done anything since. I mean, his, in D. Eskridge's first game without Kyle Lockett on the field, D had no catches. And so, I mean, and now they're five and nine. So I think that even – I don't even have to ask Russ. I can just tell, like, he was pissed in February. The things he's pissed about haven't changed, and they've just done more losing. You know, and some of that is his fault. He played like crap when he came back uh, from the finger injury. Um, but in totality, just look at it. There's no reason that Russ would be any happier this offseason than he was, you know, last offseason. It's more likely that he's actually more upset with how things have shaken up. I got two questions, kind of. How is his health? I think, you know, a couple of weeks, the, the entire NFL world was talking about his finger and how hard he was rehabbing his finger. How's his health? And then he and DK Metcalf seems like the second half of the season really aren't back in stride like they were at the beginning. And why are those struggles there? Um, I think some of that is. Oh, I think Russ's finger's fine now, but yeah. I do think he came back too soon. And I really, like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that. I didn't need to examine his finger. It's pretty obvious. Doctor tells you, hey, man, you should probably sit out six, eight weeks. Russ heard, ah, I can come back three to four. No, I'm a doctor. I'm telling you, six to eight, and Russ didn't hear it, right? Like, any of us who's been told, you know, I sprained my foot a couple times. Everybody's had some type of ailment. Doctor tells you a timeline. Timeline's probably right. He does this, he or she does this more often than you. So I think Russ just ignoring that sounded like admirable in real time. And then in hindsight, when he comes back and plays poorly, just like, well, maybe you just should have listened. And even beyond that, I just think the, the obvious sign was that, you know, entering week 10, the Seahawks used under center snaps about 44% of the time on early downs, right? Um, they went, they had no early downs. Uh, they had no under center snaps at all against the Packers. The clear sign that his finger was not healed because it couldn't take the pounding that it under center snapped. Uh, comes with. And, you know, Pete and Rush tried to brush that off after the game when I was asking about it multiple times. And they're like, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. It's like, yes, it is. It means, your guy, it means your quarterback's hurt. You just got shut out. And I flew all the way to Green Bay for you guys to score no points. I'm a little angry. 
uh, like that was very obvious at, at the time. I, like I said, I think he's better now. Um, and I think that because he wasn't playing well, I mean, he wasn't throwing the ball to anybody at a high rate, really. You know, not Tyler Lockett, not Gerald Everett, not DK Metcalf. I just think that Tyler Lockett and DK, they both kind of thrive on really low percentage deep shots. And it just so happens that he's connected on a few to Tyler, whereas DK hasn't caught some. I think the margins are really thin there. If DK gets like one or two good deep balls against the Rams last week, we're not even having this discussion because he probably has like 120 yards and the Seahawks win. So I don't think there's like a lack of connection with specifically DK. I just think that Russ has been kind of off with everybody and Tyler's gotten the benefit of like a few on point deep balls in the past few weeks. Yeah, the thing the thing that interests me when I look at this team and, and for, for further, just just so we all know further information, uh, ball players don't listen to doctors, Michael. So we'll try to get back on the field. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm wondering, Michael, I wonder how you feel about when you look at the way this offensive staff was organized and put together. And I'm trying to figure out what Shane Waldron, I don't obviously cover the Seahawks, but just watching their film, I'm trying to figure out what his scheme actually is. And then I go down and I say, okay, Andy Dickerson is the run game coordinator, but Mike Solari is the offensive line coach. But Dave Canellis, who's never met Shane Waldron, is the pass game coordinator. And then Pete Carroll's son is the wide receiver coach. And then I'm confused at what the hell is actually going on there. And then I don't wonder why anymore they're not very good on offense. Uh, yeah, you kind of cracked the cracked the code there. That's a, <laughs> a very very astute observation there to get into perhaps some of the reasons that things aren't working well. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of it is if the quarterback doesn't play well, everyone looks like they're bad at the job, right? That's just kind of how football works. I mean, because if the O line protects, uh, but then the receivers get open. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, if, if, the, if the scheme doesn't make sense, and and there's a hundred people saying a hundred different things, the quarterback's not going to play well no matter what he does. Yeah, I think the 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 issue um, I think is that Shane was always going to be Shane Waldron was always going to be in a tough spot. You know, Brian Brian Schottenheimer didn't get fired because the offense was bad. I mean, he led three top ten offenses in three years. You know, depending on what metrics you want to use, but I, I like football outsiders DVOA metrics uh, myself. It was top ten every year. You know, and then got fired because of philosophical differences. You know, words that the team put in their press release that tells you what was really going on behind the scenes. It wasn't that they couldn't score. It was almost like the aesthetic. It was like, okay, how does our offense look? You know, how do we go about scoring our points? You know, when, when Russ was cooking, you know, how much did Pete Carroll, a run first guy, enjoy that? You know, it doesn't seem like much because as soon as the first sign of trouble, he was like, all right, let's go back um, to running the ball a little bit more. And you could just tell that didn't work. And then you bring in Shane. Well, Russ didn't want shoddy fired, you know, so you already got one guy stuck right in the middle of two dudes who disagree philosophically. Right? And I think that was always going to be a tough spot. Now, guys getting hurt, you know, they built their entire run game on Chris Carson being healthy. Bad idea. That didn't work. They built the entire offense around Russ being healthy, and that didn't work. Um, so I think they, they hit some snags in the road that makes it look a little worse. But I do think that the, when Shane got here, I wish I had his phone number. I would have texted him and been like, hey, man, it's not too late to go back to L.A., just because I, the situation you are coming into probably seems great. You get Russell Wilson, his first time being a coordinator. That sounds awesome. And then, I mean, what is it, 11 or 12 months later, he's probably like, damn, yeah, this wasn't, this wasn't as great as I thought it would be. And that's something that someone like me, you know, who wrote that story last February, could have told him because it doesn't seem like it's going well behind the scenes up here. Mm-hmm. Who do you think wins the game, and how do you see it unfolding? Uh, well, before I looked out my window and saw – a few inches of snow, I, I would have probably said uh, the Seahawks pretty comfortably. I think I, I told the homie Kevin at the Athletic, I think I picked the Seahawks like 24 to 10. I'm not sure either team gets to that point total um, if this snow keeps up. I do think the Seahawks should still win. They have had some weird, like, Seahawks fans are, like, scared of backup quarterbacks now. It's very strange. They've had some, some guys, like, kind of light them up. I think like Matt Schaub threw for 400 in 2019. Andy Dalton threw for 400 in 2019. Nick Mullins hit them for 400 uh, one time, like passing yards. It's really weird. And they just, they've lost to Colt McCoy now in back to back years at home. Um, so, like, uh, I think I tweeted that Nick Foles was starting and everybody's like, oh, damn, that stinks. And they would have been more comfortable playing against Justin Fields. Uh, but I do think the Seahawks are still a little bit better on paper, even though the teams look you know, pretty crappy in all the same areas other than Seattle's defense. So I'll take Seahawks 13, Bears 9. 
<laughs> you know, people people were cussing when they found out Nick Foles was starting with Ingram too. Just so you know. All right, great stuff. Appreciate it, Michael. All right, thank you, guys. Enjoy the game. You too. That is Michael Sean Dugar with the Athletic in Seattle. And guys, we've got some breaking news. And breaking news on the score uh, is. Uh, is powered, uh, brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo Privacy Simplified. Lonzo Ball, the Bulls guard, is now in COVID protocols. Um, the Bulls are on tonight at 6:45 here on the Score. You can tune in after the uh, after the game ends and uh, and get the pregame and get ready for the Bulls game. But there's no. Uh, no Lonzo Ball. So the COVID is hitting all sports. Obviously, we've got a ton of names out for the Chicago Bears. I, I saw that Seattle added five players, uh, flexed up in the practice squad. They've got their issues too. So uh, it's a, it's kind of affecting all sports. We'll be right back here on the pregame show. Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, presented by Bet Rivers, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. As the losses mount for the Chicago Bears, it's becoming clearer and clearer that they are headed toward a new coach in 2022. Now, there's been no firm and final decision on the status of Matt Nagy, but my understanding is uh, it is very much in doubt, and one could be coming for Nagy, who does face an uphill battle to keep his job. The reason why we're talking about this now is there is a new rule that allows teams who fire their coach to interview via Zoom candidates over the final two weeks. So if the Bears want to get a jump on a potential search, news could be coming Monday if, in fact, they lose. It's the pregame show. Olin Cruz, Patrick Manley, presented by Bet Rivers, the official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. And that is a report from Ian Rappaport on the NFL network, or as I like to think of it, the NFL announced on its network that Matt Nagy could be fired. I, I got to tell you, what, maybe the dumbest thing I heard is that uh, he could be fired if he loses. Like, oh, right. now he's playing for his job. The the 10 losses don't matter, but if he loses one more, oh, that's where we're drawing the line. <laughs> one, uh, one and eight since week six, right? So uh, Ian Rappaport went out there, out there, he should have just dressed up as Captain Obvious and told us that Coach Nagy's job was on the line. Uh, something, something we all kind of knew, Ian. But 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 thanks uh, for pointing out. But then again, Pat, like we talked about earlier last year, Ted Phillips comes out and says, "Are we winning enough? No. Do we have the quarterback position fixed? No. But everything else is there. Now he could say, "Are we winning enough? No. We have our quarterback though." And everything else is there. So uh, we really don't know. Uh, uh, maybe that is breaking news by Ian that it, in his last three games, if Coach Nagy loses two out of three or whatever, that he could be gone because, like we saw last year, we don't really know what direction or how the people who are running Hallis Hall think they're actually doing. Those are great points. So what we're going to do is just try to click off one at a time then. So now we have the quarterback. <laughs> so the next year, maybe they'll get the wins, but they also have the culture and the collaboration. So they're two of three right now. So we're moving in the right direction, guys. We're going to stick with it. It doesn't work, but we're going to make it work. But here's my other thing. Molly, you mentioned if he loses, he gets possibly fired. I'd even fire him if he wins. Right. It doesn't make a difference to me. Like it's, it's, it, we talked about it earlier. It's about the new rule taking advantage of that, getting more people, I guess there'd be Zoom calls or whatever, interviewing people for your potential head coaching job. I don't care if he wins or loses. If he wins, that's it. Just it's time to move on and take advantage of these rules and get the next best person in the building and figure out what direction you're going to go. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it's, it's really kind of, you know, an idiot's uh, task to think that if you win now, that'll change what's going on <laughs> in all the previous games. It's just, I mean, the – the the fate of the coach seems like a fait accompli. It seems mm-hmm. as if we've already moved in the direction of that happening, and um, mm-hmm. and there's really little that you could do to turn that tide, given the fact that they've already lost ten games. And and I, I again, you know, they have been so horribly bad, losing the, the you know five straight games. Oh, you got to win, and then you come, you know, you beat the previously 
winless Lions, and now it's the only team you've beaten in the NFC, by the way. And and who knows? Maybe they wind up with a better record than the Bears before it's all said and done. And Ooh. and you you've put together a season that is worth the fifth overall draft pick as it stands right now. Um, You know, and then some of the crazy stuff you hear from people and that they talk about, like Jermaine Effetti, well, of course you got to be worried about uh, – you you want him to play because he is uh, a former – see, he'll have that, oh, I'm going to show the old team thing going. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're on silent count because it's loud out there and uh, you got to – you know, the falling of the snow will muffle everything. I don't I, I don't get it. I just don't understand why people think that all the usual rules apply when you're at this point in the season. You know, and, and for me, even worse than Jermaine Effetti starting at right tackle, which is pretty bad, right? Larry Borum yeah. should be starting, is the fact that Ryan Pace on his seventh year, Coach Nagy on his fourth year, here to fix the offense. Nine million quarterback coaches have been in that building. If you look at the staff, from Henry Burris to to uh, DeFilippo to Laser to Coach Nagy, uh, they have a guy Snyder on there who I think he has quarterbacks under his name also. That there is not a young quarterback that you haven't been developing to play today. That you have two guys on your roster who are veteran backup quarterbacks who have nothing to do with the future of the Chicago Bears. So you have not been taking care of the future, like Pat talked about earlier. You have not been developing a quarterback. Yes, you do have a young quarterback in Justin Fields, but you should be, and I think I've heard Pat say this many times, you should be developing a quarterback on your roster, like you said when you first got here, that you would take a young quarterback every year. Yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, the one thing he lied about to us. There's other things he's lied to us. I'm talking about Ryan Pace, and that's one that should have been taken care of, and that's another reason why I think he should be gone. But also, guys, remember, it's Captain Jermaine Effetti today. Mm-hmm. Remember, he's the captain out there. See? They get to walk out there and be the captain, so he gets to represent the Bears today back in Seattle. But another thing that makes me disgusted, but I was talking about Larry Borum not starting, and Mully, you mentioned it, playing in Seattle, in that place, in that situation. That is huge experience for a young tackle, right, Olin? I mean, mm-hmm. you get to go out there. It's going to be hard as heck on him because it's super loud, but – that's great experience. You're playing in the loudest stadium in the NFL. So from there on, it should be easier, but it takes reps. It takes games like that, Olin, right, to mm-hmm. get in there and, mm-hmm. and, and to, to get a feel of what that's like to go on a silent count, especially in a place that's that loud. Yeah, it's really well said. And if you think about, okay, what are we looking for uh, right now where the Bears are 4-10 and 10 out of the playoff hunt? Uh, let's say their coaches might not be here. You're looking for – last week, you know, it was 2nd and 10, uh, the Vikings blitz bar – Bars and, and Montgomery picks him up on the blitz. Fields negotiates the pocket. He hits Mooney. Tevin Jenkins is blocking his guy. Mooney makes Kendricks miss, and he gets the first down. All I'm saying is those are all young names developing on the Bears roster, and those are the kind of plays you're looking for from the Chicago Bears. Say, okay, look, I know this coaching staff may not be here, but at least they're still developing these young players. And look, you're getting paid a lot of damn money. Nobody feels sorry for you, right? Uh, Coach Nagy's making five to six million this year. You do your damn job as long as you're in the building. You 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 develop the young players. You put Borum on the field. There's no way that if Pat Manley or, or, or Molly or you guys are in charge of Hallis Hall, there's no way you don't walk downstairs and overrule that decision or overrule the decision of the fact that we talk about in the little things, okay, what the hell do you mean by they need a football guy? Well, let me help you with it. A football guy would walk downstairs and say, where the hell's the young quarterback on the roster? Why do I have Nick Foles and Andy Dalton? Why do I have to pick up a guy that no one knows his name, Willis, uh, and, and he has no reps? Why don't I have a guy under 28 years old developing on my roster, kind of like a Tom Brady in the sixth round? I know that. I know that's an extreme example. Obviously, the greatest guy to ever play quarterback. But someone like that behind your first-round pick because if I'm I'm, I'm the owner, Molly, and I put on a grease board how much I'm paying quarterback coaches, well, I better be getting one developed. I better be getting young guys (laughs) developed behind him. You know, I I think it raises a – when we talk about this, it raises almost a more important question, which is why is Nick Foles on this roster? Does anyone understand what this guy is doing in Chicago? I get it. They overpaid him and they brought him in, but you had a chance to trade him, but they weren't going to trade him anywhere. He didn't feel comfortable going, so they couldn't trade. Well, like, what are you talking about? 
That's a lot of money. He costs a lot of money. Um, you know, Andy Dalton, I get it. They thought they were going to start the season with him. They didn't know they were going to be able to pull off a, the, the draft coup, whatever. But they just seem to have – it's like the Keystone Cops. Every time they try to get a quarterback in, they pull a car up and a bunch of guys run around and someone lays down on his back and uh, uh, and they send someone out. It, it's just – it's mindless to me that Nick Foles is even on the roster. Well, it's, it starts with a contract is terrible. I just pulled that up. I guess it would have yeah. been a – you know, big-time dead money would have been still on the cap. But if like what you're saying, Olin, you go get a sixth, seventh rounder, fifth rounder – they cost nothing compared to his $14 million in dead money. So you don't need – you're not developing Nick Foles. You've already moved on with him. Then just move along with him, and then you get a young guy that's super cheap, and then you add that say, okay, all right, now it's $15 million in dead money instead of $14 million in dead money, but you have the opportunity of developing somebody and maybe finding some young quarterback out there for the mm-hmm. franchise. Yeah, but, but even that, right, even if we're just talking about Nick Foles is on the roster, with all the practice squad space you have nowadays, mm-hmm. to not have a young guy quarterback on the roster. And look, this goes back years, right? Uh, we used to laugh about, and there was a point we were trying to make, Tyler Bray. Why is Tyler mm-hmm. Bray That's on right. the roster? Chase Great Daniel. Point. Why is he on? Why Why don't we have a young quarterback? This goes back for years, right? Uh, uh, Mr. Trubisky looks like he's not doing well. They still don't bring in a young guy to develop, right? And, mm-hmm. and like I talked about earlier, all you have to do if, you, if you're listening to our, our show is go back and Google Bears 2018 and go right on through when Coach Nagel's here and look at who was on the roster and look at who was on the coaching staff. They always were quarterback-centric. I think I've heard uh, 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 Molly say that many a times. That that's what this was about when they put this staff together, when they copied the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles Doug Peterson, Frank Wright, John DiFilippo uh, uh, coaching staff. When Ryan Pace went out and got himself that and he wanted to make it about the quarterback, that's fine. But then you have to be always developing young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, Mike Glennon played recently and lost again, and they had some statistic that was making its way around. And they, it's all about the money you paid this guy over the years. And you know, I mean, he got a lot of money. He's making a million plus year in and year out. He made eighteen million here. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the thing. We know where the draft picks have gone, and we understand that this guy running the team believes that you should trade up for every player. Don't ever let a player fall to you. Go get on your horse and get them and give up something to do it. And that's crazy. But look at how much money has walked out of the building. If I were a McCaskey, I would just be like, oh, my God, like that's a ton of money. Year in and year out, you are bringing in players and you're overpaying. Is anyone, is anyone aware that when you go shopping in free agency, that is, that's not the, the five and dime that's the uh, through the nose store, right? You're 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 buying a blue bag. It, it's filled with jewelry. It's expensive as all get out, and he keeps doing it. And you know, I mean, listen, it's great to see the pass rush working. Robert Quinn, great year, but how much money can you put into one position? And how do you how do you trim that down moving forward? And you know, I, I thought that uh, it was fun to see Akeem Hicks play. But you know you you can't afford to pay him moving forward. You gotta you gotta be aware of how much money you have invested in these positions and how you you have to kind of move it around so everyone gets a bite at the apple and not overpay. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, you just, you just sorry, put out the, you just you just put out the fired resume for Ryan Pace right there, and it screams too when. His, uh, screams about his evaluation of quarterbacks when he brings in Mike Glennon as his first kind of guy, and that's the guy who you bring in, and then you see what happens afterwards, and, and you know he's that just is like that's a fireable offense there. But um, whoever the next GM as well is as well is in a bad situation because of Ryan Pace of everything you just talked about of all these contracts. If you look at the holes also on the roster, there's no young players at a lot of these positions that you're looking for the future for. It's just, is nobody like wide receivers who uh, Darnell Mooney, right? That's mm-hmm. it. You just yep. look at all other positions, uh, you know, uh, linebacker next to, next to Roquan Smith. There's nobody there. He hasn't developed anybody next to Roquan Smith. There's just a whole bunch of holes there. So I think what we're doing is just handing the fired resume to the McCaskey saying, all right, it is time to clean house. Please do not move him over or up or whatever you're talking about doing. He just, he's made a lot of mistakes and I feel bad for the next GM or football person that comes in because you know, their, their hands are kind of tied behind their back. Yeah, and you were just waiting for them 
you understood what his plan was, right? If Khalil Mack's healthy, Akeem Hicks, we saw him last week. The guy reminds me of the Incredible Hulk when he's slamming guys from side to side. <laughs> Whenever you watch Akeem Hicks play, yeah. uh, Angelo Blackson was getting after the Mason Cole. Uh, he had a really rough day. Um, but, listen, the Bears wanted that pass rush to dominate games, that front seven to dominate games. But here was my biggest problem. All they kept talking about was fixing the offensive line. They kept telling you, like Molly mentioned earlier, that they have the best developmental offensive line coach in the NFL, which tells you that they believe they, don't, they didn't need talent there, which is you need talent and coaching in the NFL. But um, he would say many times, right, that our, I think actually his biggest problem was uh, uh, not the draft and free agency and training picks. His biggest problem was how he kept saying uh, we have one of the best coaching staffs in the league with no proof. He had no proof of that. They had not developed anybody, <laughs> right? They had not developed a quarterback. Uh, they have not developed, you know, uh, James Daniels is playing pretty good football, but I, I think he should be a lot better than he is right now at his point in his career. He's got that kind of talent. He should be a dominating football player. And now we see them. Uh, Ryan Pace, uh, uh, where are you? Uh, uh, they're benching your draft pick. They're benching Larry Borum, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get what's going on up there. I'm, I'm hoping – uh, and I'm sure they will at the post-game press conference. Someone asked Coach, no matter what happens in the game, what did you guys get out of playing Fetty today? What did you get out of playing Nick Foles today? How did you make the Chicago Bears a better football franchise by playing these guys in this game? So, you know, I, we got to talk about James Daniels. That's that's one guy that we have not talked about at all. Um, and, and, Pat, is Bruce Irvin a uh, is he a captain too? I think he's a captain as well. This is what yeah. I'm saying. This is some weird high school thing that's going on here. <laughs> they're, they're they're like trying to get guys going back to the alma mater. But, I don't but, know what but the But you hell know the good doing. the thing about that, Mully, is the good thing is now people are starting to realize when you say why do you need a football guy around to oversee yeah. stuff? Right. Yeah. This is why. This is the moment when the guy walks down and says, what the F are you doing? <laughs> Sits in a room and looks at him about one – you get about one inch from his nose and you stare at him. Yep. Right, and say, if you don't change that decision, there's going to be a problem here. I want you to have that job, and I want you to have a camera. There has to be, like, yes. a body cam. Oh, my God. That would be the best show on television. Manly, uh, got, Manly got to watch it for years. Oh, yeah. I did. It's just too bad we weren't on Hard Knocks. Oh, <laughs> might, have, might have acted different at TJ's a little bit. Oh, yeah, very different, very different. Yes, sir. No, sir. When Big Cat put the owner in the freezer, we'd have to get him out. Oh. All the tequila. We're going to be right back on the pregame show with Ole Kurtz and Patrick Madley. Presented by Bet Rivers, official sportsbook of the Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 